We'll take a little break from Acts and do a little topical. I guess as a pastor, it's almost you dread Christmas. <laughs> um, how can you be more creative than what's already there, right? So it's 11 years of doing Christmas messages. And so if you've heard this one before, so has everyone else. It's in the Bible. Amen. I just really had on my heart this Christmas season, and I think it's familiar to last year. Maybe God has a theme within me, but just simply the idea of worshiping Jesus. Simply just worshiping Jesus. Not to get into anything else in this season, but simply worship him. So I want to take some characters in the Bible and see how they responded to their first sight of Jesus and what their first response was to teach us what our response should be as we celebrate Jesus. So if you have a Bible, if you'll turn to Luke chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, I don't know, is there any back there, Lawrence? Two. Come on, raise your hand if you want one of the two. We'll auction them off. <laughs> Just kidding. Luke chapter 2. Even before we get to Luke chapter 2, you know the Christmas story. You know it well that John the Baptist came first and his parents, Zacharias and Elizabeth, um, weren't able to have child and they waited so long and God blessed them and he showed up with an angel and Zacharias didn't believe. But then he comes to the realization that all of this is truth and his baby's born, and just in Luke chapter 1, that scene there, how they wanted to name him something else. But Zacharias made it very clear that his name should be John. And John had a special role in introducing Jesus, his cousin, later on in baptizing him, as you see in the New Testament. But I love it the moment the lips of Zacharias are loosed because he didn't believe. He couldn't speak or hear, but when his lips are loosed and he gives a prophecy in Luke chapter 1, verse 67, the first thing he does and throughout it, even though he does praise God for John, as you read that section, and we're not going to get too into it today, he praises Jesus. Even his own wife is going to bear a son never had before a child, and the joy he probably had, but his greatest joy was that Jesus was coming. It says in verse 70, as he spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Speaking of Jesus, and then how John will introduce Jesus to the knowledge of salvation because Jesus is salvation. That's even before Jesus is born. But then you know the story, he's born in the stable, and out in the country, the angels appear to the shepherds. It says now in verse 8 of chapter 2, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was, an angel, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now then, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, notice this, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. Not only is the priest Zacharias praising God, but these shepherds, they were like the blue-collar workers. They were on the night shift. They weren't even allowed in the city. And here the angel appears to them and they're fearful. But he tells them not to be afraid. And they hear of the magnificence of who Jesus will be. And the angels are singing and worshiping and praising and saying glory to God in the highest. Not only a priest, but regular people working the night shift. And here, spiritual beings, angels, are praising and worshiping God. The shepherds join the parade in verse 20. And it says, after they leave, they tell everyone about it. And they glorify and they praise God as they worship Jesus in that stable. Eight days later, Simeon in the temple, a just man, in verse 25, this was a just and devout man waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him and had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the Christ Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, that to be circumcised eight days after his birth, he took him up in his arms, and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all the people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people in Israel. And you can see this older man just waiting, probably frail, and he sees this baby and he picks up this baby and he prophesies and he praises God for his salvation. It made me think, what about me? What do I do? When I hear of the baby Jesus, whether you're a priest a blue-collar worker, an older man. It's amazing. And even Anna in the next section is able to recognize the Messiah and praise Him and worship Him. 
I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 2. A little while later, don't know how much time, maybe a year or more, it wasn't at the stable. The wise men didn't come at the stable. But they do come at a later time. We know they come. Led by the star, these from the east, these prominent men, probably kings of a sort, extremely wealthy, looking for Jesus, following the star. First they meet Herod, who's not too happy about this, and he tries to deceive them because he wants to destroy Jesus. But finally he lets them go. And he says, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, listen to this, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy because the star was over the Savior. And when they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. These are men who we would bow down to. Do you understand that? But these men, when they see this little baby in, in humility, this child, they have exceedingly great joy and they hit the deck in worship. It was a, probably a toddler running around. How do we treat toddlers? Forget about it. Well, we like babies sometimes, right? Oh, let me have the baby. But they get just before two. Yeah, just keep that one to yourself, okay? It's going to hurt my furniture or something. I don't want that, that kid around here. Yeah, these wise men come in. And just, what was Jesus like? This little, probably just starting to stand and maybe taking a few steps. And they hit the deck in worship. As I mentioned before with the shepherd, the angels in heaven just worshiping. And they showed those shepherds for a brief second what they're doing in heaven continually again and again and again. They just gave us a brief picture of what eternity will be like. And in Revelation 4 and 5, you see the beasts and the elders and the angels before the Lamb and they're singing, You are worthy. You have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on earth. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And they say it again and again. And then they probably sing it. Then they say it. And then they hit the deck. Every time you see the great elders in Revelation, they are falling in front of the Lamb, worshiping Jesus and praising God. What about us this morning during Christmas? Is it your heart to understand Woo! 
Jesus came for me. I'm alive. I'm forgiven. All I want to do is worship Him forever. That's all He's calling you to do. That is your chief aim, is to bring glory to Jesus Christ, to give glory to God, to worship Him, to submit to Him, to say, Lord, You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, whether you're a shepherd or a priest or a wise man, or you think you're an angel. You are called to worship in this Christmas season. And as much as we know and we hear, oh, it's not about the commercial stuff. It's not about the lights. And I love the lights. I don't like the dark. I like the lights. And lights aren't bad. And presents aren't bad. And none of it's bad. But the whole purpose is because of Jesus Christ and our heart this evening and tomorrow morning and every day to follow is to worship the King of Kings because He has saved you. Amen. All the junk in your life He has cleared out and He's given you forgiveness. And if you haven't been forgiven and you haven't claimed it, I bet you're miserable. And you're going to say, well, no, I'm not. I'm not miserable. I'm just fine. I'm just fine doing it my way. I'm just fine being bitter and angry and miserable. I'm just fine living in sin, being chained up. I'm just fine. No, you're not. Don't let your pride fool you. Humble yourself and worship the One who truly loves you. Well, nobody loves me. Not unless I get what I want. Jesus came to this earth in the form of a man, a baby, in humility. There was no hospital. Did you ever think, who delivered that baby? Who delivered that baby? Did they call the midwife? Was the call of the midwife? I don't know if there was a midwife. Maybe Joseph did it. I don't know. Maybe Mary. I don't know. But this was complete humility that the King of Kings came in for you. <laughs> for you and for me. And today, if you don't want to worship Him, I've got news for you. The rocks will cry out. And they will praise Him. And nature will praise Him. And the animals will praise Him. And this world will praise Him and worship Him. And you can go on in your arrogance and worship yourself, but you have another choice. And it's to worship Him who loves you. It's amazing when we do worship, the joy we have. Isn't it funny? We think when we're worshipped or loved, we have joy. But the reality is when we worship Jesus, we have joy. Because when we enter His presence with thanksgiving in our heart, man, there is nothing like that. Because in His presence is the fullness of joy. There is no joy that lasts from gifts or from a party or from a meal. It's temporary. It's for a moment. Do you know that? And we as the human race in the commercial world, oh, they build up for this event and they build up for family and they build it up. And the problem is what happens on the 27th and the 28th? And it's back to life. It's back to my problems. It's, oh, the event is over. Now I got a plan for Valentine's Day. And they miss the joy every day of knowing Jesus and worshiping Him.
I'm going to tell you this morning, he is worthy of our worship. We don't need an amazing teaching this morning. We need an encouragement to simply worship the one who deserves our worship. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. You can do it on your own, or you can be forced to do it in, as time goes on. But I'm trying to tell you, in my life, in your life, there is no greater joy than worshiping Jesus Christ. May God get all the glory this Christmas. May Jesus be praised. And may our hearts be attuned to him, to love him, to submit to him, to praise him. Truly, our only job is to sit at his feet and worship him. Whether it's worship through song, whether it's worship through giving your gold and silver, whether it's worship in giving your life as myrrh was a fragrance for death, whether it's frankincense, which was the oil in the sacrifice, in praising him and worshiping and sacrificing and denying ourselves, whatever it is, we are called to worship him. Don't hold on to your stuff. Don't hold on to your life. Don't hold on to your things. But simply worship Jesus. This morning, we're going to take a little extended time to do that. We're not going to celebrate communion. We're just going to worship the Lord today. Randy's going to come and we're going to sing three songs. And my encouragement is don't think about lunch. Don't think about the gifts that yet have to be wrapped. Don't think about the event tonight. Don't think about tomorrow and how early you have to get up. Don't think about that you're going to be alone. Don't think about work. Would you please join me in simply just worshiping Jesus Christ, the one who died for you, the one who lives in you, the one who deserves all our praise. Amen. Let's stand together and worship.